We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? This drink, I like it. Another! The Very Serious Writing Show. Starring Wayne Thomas Batson and Daniel Thompson. Hey, peoples! Welcome back. We are talking once again with Wayne Thomas Batson, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite authors, like legit, for reals. And we were talking about The Door Within where we left off yesterday in our previous episode. And, you know, The Door Within, I mean, the scale is so massive by the end of that. It's really fantastic just how big everything becomes. Thanks for saying so, but uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, when we went to that publishing conference and we're shopping uh, The Door Within around, we made a, a specific decision to sell it as a trilogy because publishers tend to like uh, to develop an author's brand. They want you yeah. to you know, have books in a series because people will you know, flock to them a lot more. And we didn't have the other two books. Oh, you <laughs> didn't? The Door Within only and a few vague ideas of what other two books might become um but they weren't written they weren't outlined or anything oh you we cheated first got well yeah we cheated a little bit it oh. was it was intentional to market it as a trilogy and and they knew ahead of time that the other two books weren't written yet okay but- uh, they uh, were definitely much more interested in a series than a standalone. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, cool. Now, you, since you've written so much fantasy, do you have? I I, I know this is a gen- generic type of question, but do you have any tips for people trying to write fantasy? A lot of my listeners do that. It, yeah, well, I have a, a number of tips that might be just I- I fiction in general, but uh, I'll see if I can think of something fantasy. Um, as I'm as I'm talking, my my first tip. This goes to anyone who's hoping to get published, either the traditional route, especially the, tr- the traditional route. But gosh, these days with eBooks and whatnot, I think even in that market, you probably want to do this. And, and that advice is hone your first chapter. I mean, just labor over that thing. I mean, I realize that no one's ever quite finished with fiction. You can always find something to mess with, but really that first chapter has got to grab the reader by the lapels and say, you must read me. (laughs) So seriously, you you just throw in mystery, suspense, uh, intense emotion, you know, unexpected questions left unanswered. You've just got to throw everything in there. Uh, The modern reader is uh, less patient than they used to be. You know, you read a yeah. little bit and then go, mm, nah. <laughs> So mm-hmm. my first bit of advice is just work on that first chapter and amp the suspense. Do whatever you need to do um, to get that first chapter to be something that really hooks the reader. Yeah, that is, that is excellent advice. Hey, I, I was curious. Um, what's what's your writing schedule like? What Do you write every day? Do you, what's your weekly? What, how do you go about your day-to-day writer life? Well, uh, honestly, I'm a little bit off the reservation in that sense because I don't have a writing schedule per se. I just write when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being an, an English teacher for uh, you know basically ten months out of the year, uh, you know, all day long from early until you know about three o'clock, I'm busy. I'm teaching, yeah. and 
you know, then there's lesson plans to be done and meetings to be had. And, and then there's family. I've got four teenagers and, um, yeah. you know, life is constantly in flux because, you know, now they're, some of them are driving and some of them are, uh, you know, off doing their own thing. So it's presented me with a little more time, but, uh, generally it's just, you know, it used to be when they were little and they would go to sleep early, I would write in the evenings. Um, now that they're older, I, I tend to write a lot more in the mornings because they sleep in late. <laughs> Unlike some authors who shall remain nameless. But um, <laughs> at any rate, it, it's just an hour here, an hour there, a couple hours there. My wife's been fantastic. If I need to get away for a, for a day and just camp out in a, a bookstore or someplace quiet to write, she's good with that. And, you know, it's it's basically just finding the hours and, you know, God's faithful. He always seems to provide the time. Yeah, that is way cool. So do you do, you do any outlining for your stories? I do. I'm a staunch outliner. The, uh, the Door Within was not outlined, the first one. It was just the seat of your pants. And, yeah. um, and that took forever. I mean, it, it really took a long time. In fact, I had to rewrite the manuscript uh, several times just because I'd get great ideas you know, and they'd be for earlier chapters and it would create that time travel conundrum where it just sends a ripple through the manuscript. Yeah. So, you know, that, that took basically start to finish the door within took about 13 years to write, um, that all using books? that technique. Huh? Is that all three books or just the first? No, no, that's just the first one. Oh, oh my word. Yeah. And that's, that's when I was writing, you know, Seat of the Pants style. Now, you have to understand it wasn't me sitting in a, a room with, you know, bread and water and a, and a computer. That's true. I mean, there was a lot of life. I mean, teaching, having family and mm -hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but still, it was much more labor intensive. When I outlined the uh, second and third books in the series, each of those took about six months by comparison. So it seemed to me just much better for, my, for me, for my style, for my, what I need. I need the structure of the outline. Um, I don't rivet myself to it. So if there are great ideas that come about, I don't push them aside and say, nah, I must stick to the outline. Um, <laughs> I mean, I change things up all the time. Um, it's not a rigid outline, but it's, it's comfort in structure. Okay. Yeah, I've talked to several people. I keep asking them, outlining or see the pants, and it's almost 50-50 at this stage. I think you pushed it back to 50-50. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because, you know, I've debated some staunch seat-of-the-pants writers, and, it, and there's really just no one right way to write. I mean, it's it's as customizable as you want it to be, and there are so many different personalities out there. So, hey, if you can write successful stories that are intriguing and fun, great. Go for it, whatever style you use. Hey, I had another question. <laughs> um, yes, sir. I, I, when, I'm, when I'm going through your books, there, you hit some serious moments in some of those books. Like, and, and, but there comes a point where it seems, and maybe I'm just imagining things here, where you, where you become kind of exasperated with the seriousness of it all, and suddenly Magmar goes poof, or Fred the Sword happens. <laughs> I, I, um, I love well, those moments. <laughs> That's I really true. Do. I mean, the stories too get, do get kind of uh, dark at times, and and I'm not I'm not much for stories that just depress you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I, I feel like yeah, I feel 
feel like you've got to you've got to lighten it up a little bit. Those are the stories that I like. I like the stories that can take me places that make me thoughtful, that make me feel, and sometimes even hurt. But um, you know, in the end, I want to feel some sort of redemption. I want to feel you know uplifted, and uh, so you know, most of my stories tend to have comic moments. Um, now, you mentioned Mi'kmaq. Do you know the story behind Mi'kmaq? No, uh, tell me the story behind Mi'kmaq. Oh, this is uh, rather embarrassing, but funny at the same time. Um, Christopher Hopper and I get away once a year to uh, kind of a middle ground between us. He lives in upstate New York, and I live near Baltimore, so we end up in Pennsylvania, either the Poconos or Scranton or something, and we rent a hotel for the, or not a whole hotel, but get, rent a room. And, uh, <laughs> you rent a just, hotel? <laughs> <laughs> we're just going yeah. to be in all the rooms. We're gonna, we need it all. <laughs> no, we just rent, rent the room and, and hang out and write all weekend long. And so when we started with the uh, Berenfell series, and that's what we were doing. We were uh, on one of our writers' boot camp weekends, as we call it. And uh, we were, it was probably about 6.30 in the evening. And we were both absolutely fried from writing all day. You know, brain cells toasted, and you know, I think Christopher had rewritten the same paragraph for about you know 19 times in a row, and um, and I had just gotten thoroughly frustrated. And this is this is one of my pet peeve areas is I I just will not settle for you know poor names in a fantasy story. I, I labor over names. I think. I got that from Tolkien. I mean, he probably didn't labor over them because he was a, you know, an Oxford English professor. <laughs> he probably was just like, oh, this is the perfect name. I should use Gandalf. <laughs> he knew but, exactly what to do. Yeah, 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 but not me. I labor over names. They've got to have some meaning, and I'm re constantly researching old languages and all that kind of stuff. But I couldn't come up with a name for some, I don't even remember which character it was, but Long story short, I ended up on a one of those online fantasy name generators. We've, Have you ever seen those? I'm so glad to know that you use those. <laughs> that makes me feel better about my entire oh, yeah. life. <laughs> oh yeah, they're great because they can give you like different routes that you've never seen before, or or show you a combination that's just random, and you think, oh, that works. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, one of the generators I found wasn't just uh, didn't just have like a, a name generator. It had um, almost like character generator. It was just kind of random character traits that it would throw together and the result would be, you know, uh, you know, suspicious football player with a cleft palate, you know, or, you know, some weird combination of things. And so I started clicking on this generator and it seemed like every phrase that came out of there was funnier than the one that preceded it. <laughs> And Christopher and I were so absolutely toast from writing that we were just literally rolling around, just bellyache laughing. I mean, you want to look up guffaw in the dictionary, and that was us. Uh, but it, it all came to a crescendo when I clicked the generator one last time, and it came, it came up with flatulent barrister gnome. <laughs> So I could barely read it out loud to Christopher without dying, but as soon as it was out, it was out. And we, I mean, we were in 
tears and you know clutching our sides in pain because we kept picturing these little garden gnomes with smoke trailing out from behind them, turning cartwheels through the air. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so once we finally finished uh, the hysterical laughter, uh, I said. Dude, I'm gonna put this guy into the book. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know where, but I'm gonna put it in there. And Christopher's like, "You are not." <laughs> yes, I am. He's like, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> oh my word! That's the perfect way for that character to have come into existence. <laughs> exactly, but you know, it's it's funny because you know those happy accidents that that happen sometimes are parts that are readers' favorites. Mm-hmm. That out of all the things, it's been like several years since I've read the the Spire King series, and that's one of the things I remember <laughs> really strongly. Is there a story behind Fred the Sword? Because that was another one of my favorite bits. I don't know where Fred came from exactly. I, I think he he was a you know maybe on one of those uh, journal pages where I sometimes write down story notes to myself. I, I remember I was working on different types of metal. Uh, for the series, you know, mm-hmm. trying to avoid things that have been done to death, like mithril and things yeah. like that. And and for some reason, I came up with an idea of something called the singing ore. It was, you know, a type of metal that uh, actually made a resonant sound. Um, and I think it went from there to what if what if metal could actually have a consciousness? What would that be like? And 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 as I, I you know, the Aaron King does go some pretty dark places, so yeah. it seemed like a, a good opportunity to add something light. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one minute there's really gruesome things happening, and the next, the story suggesting that it be named Fred, and I love that. I love the fact that you don't leave it in the dark. I really, appre- <laughs> as a reader, I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I'm the same way as a reader. If something gets too dark, I just have to put it down. Mm-hmm. And I and I absolutely abhor stories that have a, a, a terrible ending. Like those, yeah. it seems to be vogue in, in Hollywood now to have these kind of offbeat, where the villain wins kind of endings. And I'm like, no, that's not not what I want. Not really. I've only seen one ending where that was interesting. It was that movie, uh, "Don't Go Watch This, Kids," but "No Country for Old Men." Mm. That that had an ending like that, and yeah. that's like the only one that I've seen that maybe kind of sort of works. But that's just yeah. because the whole movie was weird. If you have some, if you have a message or something to teach through it, um, you know, I understand why you might go that route. It just, you know, generally speaking, it doesn't appeal to me as a uh, as a con- not a connoisseur as a as a purveyor of entertainment. I don't like to feel, you know, completely let down at the end of a movie. Yeah, definitely, or, I agree with that. Or a book, for that matter. Yeah, I, I, there needs to be, I understand there's a cost for everything, um, you know, and some of the characters you love may not make it till uh, the last scene and um, there's there's melancholy and things can't go back to the way they were. I, I understand all that, but um, but also I know that, you know, maybe it's because of uh, what I believe about Jesus and, and the Bible, uh, you know, good wins. Yeah, I love that message. Well, man, I've kept you longer than I intended, (laughs) and I still have like a half sheet of of pages of questions I had for you. We're going to have to bring you back sometime. Hey, that would be awesome. This this has been so much fun. Now, hey, we're going to do we're going to do some type of giveaway. That's right. I think uh, I think we're looking at uh, a book or two from the Dream Treaders series, which is my newest series with uh, Thomas Nelson. 
Yeah, which man, I didn't even have. We didn't even talk about that series. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish we would have. Now I haven't read that one. I think that's the one series by you that I haven't I haven't started. I need okay, it. Well, the first two books are out. The third one comes out in October. Okay, cool. So for people, we're going to do like a drawing setup for people to enter into the drawing. They can go. Let's just say Facebook. It's easier. All right. So everyone go like Wayne Thomas Batson on Facebook. And where are they going to get, Wayne? Uh, well, I'll have to check with the publisher. But hopefully uh, either the first or the second or both of the first two books in Dream Treaders. The first one was called Dream Treaders. And uh, the second one is Search for the Key. So uh, probably be those. Okay. Well, that sounds great, man. Hey, thank you so much for being on this show. This has been freaking awesome. <laughs> well, sure. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always, always great to uh, talk about something you love and uh, to, you know, touch base with kindred spirits. Absolutely. Well, hey, I'm going to let you go. You have a great one. Thanks. You too, Daniel. It's the most serious writing show of all, Wingo. Aluminum foil. Hey, everybody. Thank you again so much for tuning into the show today. This has been fabulous. This has been really fantastic. Thanks again to Wayne Thomas Batson for being on here. Um, there is one thing I want to do here, if I can. Um, it was recently announced after the interview um, that Wayne Thomas Batson's father, um, Charles Batson, has passed away. Um, he passed away, I think it was a week ago. His funeral was this last Friday. And um, if it's okay with y'all, I wanted to take a moment to honor him. I mean, I don't, I didn't know the guy. I don't really know Wayne that well, but I know his writing. And that gives you kind of an idea of who he is. And when you know the child, you know the father to some extent. So I just want to take a moment on behalf of Wayne and uh, his loved ones to uh, to play this little thing I'm going to do. I found this on Wayne's Facebook page um, in honor of his dad. So I wanted to play it here too. And if you all would just keep them, him and his whole family in your prayers, I'd appreciate that. So we're going to play this real quick. Didn't think it would end this way. End? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path. One that we almost take. The grey rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. See what? White shores. And beyond. A far green country. And a swift sunrise. Well, that isn't so bad. Thanks for letting me play that, guys. Yeah, keep once again keep them in your prayers as they as they move forward. You know, on a happier note, uh, Dream Treaders three, the third book, War for the Waking World, is available for pre order right now. Um, you can pick it up on Amazon, and it's like five and a half dollars at the moment. Um, its official release is October twenty seventh, and the rest of the series right now they're going. You can get the paperbacks for the two first books in the series 
for I think it's ten dollars on Amazon right now. So if you if you want to pick you up some books, if you want to pick you up a trilogy, right now is a superb time to do that. Thank you all once again so much for listening. Hit Wayne Thomas Batson up on Facebook. I'm sure he'd love hearing from you all. Um, enter into the giveaway because you know free books. You can catch me on Facebook as well and on Twitter at Monkey Strudel and on Goodreads because I still actually use that. I updated it just this last week, so I'm still there. Anyway, I will catch you all again next week. See y'all later.